0: Last week, last Thursday, I had the opportunity to gather together with a group of pastors and other spiritual leaders in and around the Topeka area. We met in a small office building on the south side of town. For about two hours, we just spent time together. We, we broke bread together, and we prayed together. We opened God's Word together, and we shared our hearts, our experiences, the things that inspire us, things that challenge us as well. Now, I know it doesn't, doesn't sound like much, but don't forget that one of the greatest revivals in the history of our country, the Azusa Street revivals that broke out in Los Angeles a little more than 100 years ago. I mean, those began with just a small group of pastors getting together, breaking bread, studying God's word, praying together. And guess where they did all of that? Topeka, Kansas. I love the way that God just seems to have a history of using the unlikeliest of people in the unlikeliest of places to do amazing and incredible things. Now, every single person who was in the room that day and already successful in ministry, already respected in the community, but also very serious about going deeper in their relationship with God and in learning what it looks like to lead better and better, there was an absolute, undeniable presence of the Holy Spirit. Our first gathering, this is something we plan to do on a more regular basis. Our first gathering was led by Dr. Corey Schleep from Christ First Counseling, who you may remember, he's been here, he's spoken here before, and also by a pastor by the name of George. Never met him before and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. See, Cory and I have become pretty good friends and He's an incredible guy, always impressed by him. But George is the one who really caught me by surprise. George, who stands about five and a half feet tall, came to the United States as a refugee from Lebanon decades ago. Since coming here, he has perfected his English and picked up some other languages as well. He has managed to earn multiple advanced degrees from multiple universities. Over the years, he has even traveled to other countries to plant and pastor churches there. Those weren't the things that impressed me the most about George, though. Very simply put, you could just tell he is an anointed man. The Holy Spirit just I mean, radiating from him. If you've ever been around somebody like that, you can just sense it. It is unmistakable. I haven't talked to George about this yet, but I'm really hoping that he can come to our elders retreat early next year. Maybe speak as, as our spiritual leaders continue to seek to you know, grow deeper in our faith. One thing that George talked about that really caught my attention was posture. In particular, this phrase that he kept coming back to assuming a posture of being beloved. Part of the reason that probably caught my attention is because just a few weeks ago, Dr. Jose Martinez was here and he was talking to us about the importance of posture in our spiritual journey. It's what his entire message was based on and built around. Posture. I mean, just in case you missed it or in case you forgot, what is our posture? It is the position or bearing of the body assumed for a special purpose. That's one definition. Another one is just the attitude of our body. Remember, Jose gave us this quote, he said, words may express what we think, but it is our posture that expresses the way that we feel. A lot of times our posture is something that we're not even conscious or aware of. But here's the thing is that, I mean, if our posture is contrary to the words that are coming out of our mouth, Probably something that we should be aware of, at least. Probably something we should address. Jose used the following example. He said, at home, there are times when I am messing with my cell phone and my wife's talking to me. And and she says, are you listening to me? And he said, it's hard to convince her that you're listening to her when you're looking at your cell phone going like this. Here's a few other examples this morning. Thought of these all by myself. Can you imagine crossing your arms and telling your spouse that you love them? Love you, honey. There's just something off about it, right? Or, what about this one? I mean, coming to church on Sunday, talking about how much God loves us, and then walking out into our weekend. By the time we're halfway through the parking lot, our eyes are down, our hands are in our pockets, and our shoulders are slumped. I mean, something just doesn't line up, does it? Whether we realize it or not, our posture and our hearts are connected. Being more intentional about our posture can actually affect the way that we feel on the inside. If you don't believe me, we're going to do a brief activity together this morning. We'll just do two. So go ahead, put your arms together, cross them across your chest, and pull them in nice and tight. Now think, just sort of be very self-aware for a moment. How does that make you feel? Do you feel sort of closed off, a little distant or disconnected. It just sort of comes with this posture, doesn't it? I know that there's the relaxed on the beach with your feet crossed version as well. That's not what I'm talking about. So, okay, now take a moment to just very intentionally let your shoulders slouch and just let your arms stretch out for a moment. It feels very different, doesn't it? And we'll do we'll do just one more this morning okay look down at your shoelaces they don't have to be shoelaces but look down at your shoes and just you know let your shoulders slump down that's a sort of down in the dumps posture isn't it you can feel it now just take a deep breath in and as you do just turn your eyes upward and I'm actually going to ask you to just stand this morning for a moment. Just stand, 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 and as you do, just stretch your arms upward and out. That is a posture that is open to receiving a posture that is expectant like a child reaching up for their father. Okay, you can be seated now. Whether we realize it or not, our posture in our hearts, they're actually connected being more intentional about our posture can actually affect the way that we feel on the inside. Just in case you think I'm making any of this up, there's actually an entire field of psychiatric science that studies this. I mean, the connection of the outside to the inside. It's called neurolinguistic linguistic programming. Uh, you can look it up in your free time. I know what you're thinking this morning. Hey, that's interesting, but... I mean, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for my spiritual journey? What does it mean for my relationship with God today, right now? Here's what it means. And this actually gets us or begins to get us into the heart of this entire message series. And I just want to spell it out, just cut to the chase. If We can choose. If we can make a decision, it always begins with a decision. If we can decide to let our guard down just enough to let God's love make its way into our hearts, we will begin to experience spiritual breakthrough, transformation. I mean, the kind that causes us to say things like, I'm happy. I'm finally free. I know God loves me. And I don't have to be afraid anymore because I'm going to mess it up. Letting our guards down so that we can receive and experience God's love. That is just the first part of it, though. Because there's something more, something beyond love. Last week, I didn't even think there was anything beyond love. But now I'm starting to realize maybe there is even more. And I'm going to do my very best to describe exactly what I'm talking about. Let me say it this way. Once we have had that initial experience of God's love, and then moving forward we, you know, we begin to grow and experience more of That love. Our confidence grows, and and as we learn to rely more on God's strength and less on our own, as we maintain this posture of being close to Him, this posture of being beloved. I mean, not only do we get to experience and enjoy God's love, but we are now in a position. We're now in a place where he he can begin to show us. He can begin to reveal to us. He can begin to share with us all of the amazing things that he's longed to share with us since he laid the very foundation of the universe. Like any good father, there is more than just love he desires to impart to us his wisdom his experience his insight his perspective next week we'll go a little bit deeper into that for now i really just want to back things up a little bit and here's why Here's why. Because the truth is that too many people still struggle with the first part of all of this. I mean, really believing that God loves us. Way too many people go through their life and maybe never even get to that place where they truly, honestly, genuinely, deeply believe that God loves them. Last Sunday we talked about this and if you missed that message and, and you've ever struggled with the question does god love me i'd really encourage you to I mean, carve out 27 and a half minutes from your week and, and and take a listen because i mean until we are able to accept god's love i mean it's really difficult for us to imagine what it might mean to abide in God's love. For now, this morning, in the short amount of time that we have together, I want to return to the passage of Scripture that really got this whole ball rolling in the first place. Romans chapter 8, verses 33 through 38. Will you read with me this morning these powerful words from Paul? He says, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect. It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. We'll talk about that one today. No, in all of these things, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I am sure. Some translations there say confident, convinced, positive. I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, And here's that catch-all verse we talked about last Sunday. Nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This passage of Scripture is quickly becoming one of my favorites. This is powerful. This is life-changing stuff. Last Sunday, we spent the majority of our time together Exploring verses 35, 38, and 39, that long list of of things that cannot separate us from God's love. Last Sunday, we talked about Paul's spiritual breakthrough and the excitement that he obviously felt as he began to realize that God's affection for him wasn't based on his performance, I mean the fact that God's love for him remains perfect even when he is not that's powerful stuff true for us as well God's love it remains perfect even when we are not This morning again just want to keep things very simple Just want to take a quick look at two other portions of this passage. Next Sunday, we are going to wrap it all up. Because after that, it's Advent. Now, for those of you who are paying attention, the answer is yes. This two-part series just turned into a three-part series. And anybody who really, really needs a Thanksgiving message this time of year, please come Tuesday evening, 6 o'clock shiloh baptist i've got a big thanksgiving message all ready to go in the meantime can we just take a very quick look at these two portions of our passage the first is verses 33 and 34 i'll read it again paul says who shall bring any charge against god's elect it is god who justifies who is to condemn christ jesus is the one who died More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. The English theologian Nicky Gumbel, he was the one who started the Alpha program. Some of you may have heard of that before. Nicky Gumbel tells a story about two friends who served together in the military. After their service was concluded, their their lives took very different directions. And one of those friends ended up as a judge. The other one ended up getting himself in trouble. And years, years, years down the road, they met again when the judge was, of course, on the bench and the other friend was there because he had gotten himself into trouble. And the story he tells is about the tension that is in the heart of the judge because on one hand he he must be just, but he also wants to be merciful. And when the sentence is passed, the judge declares that a substantial fee is required because justice demands it, right? But then as the trial concludes, we see the judge descend down from the bench and out of his own pocket, out of his own wallet, he satisfies the debt. Because on his own, that man never would have been able to come close to paying what he owed. Now, when Gumbel uses that story, it is to illustrate the way that God can be just and merciful at the same time. But I also think it's an incredible illustration of the passage that we read together. This passage that we read together, it is clearly about the final judgment of God. Not something that we talk a whole lot about, but it is something that each of us will face someday. Now, I know that for a lot of people, the thought of this causes fear, it causes trepidation, especially as we consider Romans 3 23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God but this is where grace this is where mercy enter the picture because when we choose to place our trust in Christ instead of ourselves instead of our works it is his righteousness that covers us and our debt is paid amen i mean we we show up in the courtroom and all of a sudden our mood lightens as we recognize the person on the bench hey we know him and the prosecuting attorney we know him too these are the sort of truths that i'm talking about that can help us begin to build our confidence in god The one last thing that I'll point out about this part of the passage is, and it's kind of a side note, but I think it's important. It reminds us that God is the only judge who really matters. Now, if you are anything like me, sometimes you feel like other people are judging you. The truth is, they probably are. But it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, we can't allow our our lives and our paths to be guided by the approval or non-approval of other people because there's really only one judge that matters. It's God. I mean, that can be freeing for us. It's also something important to keep in mind as we, we make decisions about what we do and why we do things. Here's the last verse we'll look at very quickly. Verse 36 It says, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now, I have to be honest, the first time I read this passage, I was really tempted to just leave that part out. Just forget it and pretend it wasn't there. It feels really out of place to me. It's very disjointed, and it sort of messes with the positive vibe. We don't get to do that, do we? I mean, pick and choose the parts of Scripture that make us feel good. If it's there, it must be there for a reason. And so I decided to dig in a little bit. Now, the first clue, and this is a good, just general thing to keep in mind as you study the Bible on your own, anytime you come across the phrase as it is written, you can expect a quote to immediately follow. Especially when we are reading the New Testament, it usually means that there's going to be a quote from the Old Testament right around the corner. Well, it didn't take me long to figure out that here, Paul is quoting Psalm 44, 22. I mean, it is word for word. Once we figure out what he's quoting, though, the next thing is to figure out why. Well, the best conclusion that I could come up with after prayer and, and study was this. I mean, Paul and David, David would have authored that psalm. They had a lot in common. They both knew that God loved them, but they both also experienced a tremendous amount of persecution and hardship in their lives. You see, when we operate under a works based understanding of God's affection, it's very easy for us to conclude that when hard times come, that they are always God punishing us somehow for mistakes that we've made. Now, it is true, sometimes we make poor decisions, we cause problems for ourselves and people that we care about. But here's what this passage tells me this morning. Is it is not God's way to punish us. Instead, he offers forgiveness. And our actions have consequences, right? But God offers forgiveness. And through it all, he remains close. Right by our side, he helps us get through. And sometimes he's even able to bring something good, something redemptive out of our mistakes. Yes, sometimes we do create trouble for ourselves. But there's other times in our lives, I mean, we're just going to have to navigate challenging circumstances, part of living in a fallen world. Either way, we we know that God is with us every step of the way, and that his love never wavers. In the midst of challenging times, our posture is especially important. We, We draw, we remain. We abide in him, and he helps us through it all. kind of reminds me of one of my favorite passages of Scripture, John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will face tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world also reminds me of the one little verse in this that we haven't talked about at all yet Romans 8:37 this is a good one in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us next week we are going to wrap up this series talk a little bit about some of the practical Parts of getting from where we may find ourselves today to where we're talking about. There is nothing that can cause God to love us less. But sometimes there's things in our hearts, things in our lives that can block us from experiencing that love. Sometimes uh, getting rid of those takes a little bit of work. And so next week, as we wrap things up, we'll spend a little bit of time on that. In the meantime, Could I invite us, could I encourage us to maybe practice a few different postures we haven't tried before? Maybe it's going from arms crossed to just arms down. Maybe it's going from arms down to just arms out in a way that we can be of service to other people. Maybe it's arms out to arms up. Or maybe it's just some good old-fashioned time on our knees turn to your neighbor this morning and and look him square in the eye and and say this to them god loves you just the way that you are and you can't do a thing about it let's pray god thank you so much for your love thank you so much for the plan that you have for our lives Thank you that you draw near to us as we draw near to you. Teach us more and more what it truly means to have a posture of being beloved. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.